1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Hello, my name is Jake and Orton, and this is Peculiar, because church people are weird. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. This is peculiar because church people are weird. And no, I ain't digging. I ain't a bullying. I am church people, so <laughs> I am talking about me. I'm weird, and so are all the people who go to church with me. Honestly, everyone's unique. Everyone is peculiar in a way, but... Hey, that's just our tagline around here. So, anyway, last week, if you pay attention to this podcast on a regular basis, you may notice we did not upload last Tuesday. Why on earth? Why did you leave us, Jacob? Why would you not talk to us? Why? Uh, I was on vacation. I told myself, oh, yeah, Tuesday, I'll still record, even though I'm on vacation. Didn't happen. Um, In fact, on Tuesday, I got this hat. Uh, I went to a play called Jesus at the Sight and Sound Theater. Says it on the back. Um, And if you're listening audio only, you're like, what hat? What are you talking about? Uh, And that means you should go check out YouTube because we upload video podcasts to YouTube now. And go check it out. In fact, it's going to be really helpful because I'm going to have a visual illustration to show you via video and it's going to be really helpful you can even check that out last episode because we talked about we started a two-part thing uh, mostly because it was just going to take way too long to dive into every element of it because it's a huge topic Uh, but we're talking about how to approach god the title we're going with is a peculiar pattern not patter like some of our previous episodes but a peculiar pattern and uh it we say that because moses in the old testament was told to build according to a pattern that god gave him when he built this thing called the tabernacle the tabernacle was a um a building well a tent actually uh, that they built in the desert so that they could worship God, and it was a tent because they could transport it from place to place to place uh, so that they could always have the presence of God with them wherever they went, and they could access it at any point in any time. What's that matter now? Well, God doesn't change. So the way we approach God should remain consistent. So if God doesn't change and we should approach him consistently, might it be that he still wants to be approached the same way that he did thousands of years ago? And there was a man named G.A. Mangan who looked into this tabernacle plan pattern that God gave to Moses and said, hey, there is actually a way we can apply this in our modern everyday life. Now, if you're wondering what on earth is the tabernacle, well, let me look into it, and I'm going to pull this up for you, 
and show you here's what the tabernacle would have looked like. This is a recreation that someone made. I don't know if this is digital art or if someone actually built this. Kind of looks very real. But basically, you've got this little tent layout here. Uh, all these. Uh, you've got a little gate right here at the front. You enter in. You will come to this thing called the Brazen Altar. And then you will approach this little thing here called the Brazen Laver. And then you come to this tent inside a tent called the Holy of Holies. Uh, and at the front of the Holy of Holies, you've got five pillars. I went through all of these in detail last time, but let me summarize it very quickly by saying that when you enter into this front part here, the gate, uh, that represents approaching. The first thing we do when we pray is we praise God. Next... When you come to the altar, we are supposed to die out to our flesh. We called that repentance in an earlier episode, dying out to the flesh. That's repentance, saying, God, I'm sorry for my sins, uh, and I don't want to sin anymore. Help me to not sin again. Help me to turn around and be different. Dig into the deepest layer. Find my motivations and kill it and burn it out. Next, you approach the laver. That's actually, uh, there's a spot in the Bible that says we wash by the water of the word. The laver was a wash basin built out of reflective material. Just like when we read the word of God, the Bible, like when we read the Bible, we can find stuff in there that tells us who we are. It kind of shows us traits that we have, whether they're good, whether they're bad. And we can, every day, Look into the word and say, God, how does the way that the word says I need to live line up with the way that I actually live? And then next, what we talked about, the last thing we talked about in this episode, that last episode was these were these five pillars uh, that you come into that holds the veil where you can walk through into the next area. Uh, the five pillars that hold up the entrance into the place, this second tent inside a tent called the Holy of Holies. These five pillars, according to G.A. Mangan, who put this um, pattern uh, into the hands of all the people, uh, he said that these five pillars would have represented five different names of God and five different attributes that God can have in our lives. Uh, and as you pray, you can go to each of these pillars and say, God, I want you to play this role in my life. And they're found in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, which says, He will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. For more in-depth analysis of all these things, you can go check out our last episode either on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, all those different places. Uh, but if you want the visual, that's only on YouTube because there was some stuff that was problematic last week, so I didn't get it video on Spotify. So you can pray for God to be wonderful and show himself to be wonderful. Pray for God to be our counselor, guide us in each and every area of our lives. Pray for him to be the mighty God, to do the miracles, to show that he is mighty. 
to show his true attributes. Uh, pray for him to be an everlasting father. Help us if you don't have a father figure, all the different things there that that might entail. And then finally, you can pray for him to be the Prince of Peace, to truly give you peace in your life. Okay, that was a quick summary. It was supposed to be quick anyway. <laughs> I sometimes struggle to be quick in my summaries. But we're at eight minutes, and that's not too bad. There's less... Well, I don't know if it's less... There's some furniture in that smaller area, that secondary tent. We're going to talk about the second tent today, the Holy of Holies. Now, it is hard to truly be holy uh, if you aren't... Um, it's hard to truly live a holy lifestyle, to be holy, to embrace the holy of holies without this thing called the Holy Ghost. So it's hard to step into this uh, in its fullness if you're not trying to live a separated life. Only priests were supposed to enter in here. And our theme verse of this podcast mentions priesthood. It says, You are a peculiar people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. All those things. Christians are supposed to be priests. Kings and priests. So. We should be able to enter into. Uh, the spiritual version. Of the Holy of Holies. If we are Christians. So if you have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Baptized in Jesus name. All those things that I said it takes to be born again. We should be able to enter into what we've got here, this Holy of Holies. So I've got another illustration. We can turn off that particular area of the screen, and we are going to check out another area. And that would be here. What we have here is a picture of the inside of the Holy of holies. So when you step through that first little veil, it would you would separate and come through and you would see a few different pieces of furniture. And the first one you would see you running parallel to each other, you've got a lampstand or a menorah because this is actually Jewish, which is a lampstand with seven candlesticks. Across from that, you would see a table of holy show bread. Bread. It's a table with bread on it. And then after that, you would see an altar of incense. So we're going to try and go through these one by one and talk about each level of prayer. Now, this is deeper. You need to be dead to your flesh before you can walk through here. All those things that you're supposed to get out of the way at the altar and at the labor. Make sure you're clean, you're separated, you're holy. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the lamp. And the lamp has special oil to keep it burning continually. There's three layers to this. You need oil, 
you need the structure for the oil to go into, and you need fire to keep it lit. If this thing is not lit, you cannot see at all to do anything else in this room. Because, unlike in this picture, it's not open. This area is not open. It, it is such thick fabric that you cannot see to operate in here. So you need fire, but to keep the fire going, you've got to have a place to put the fire, which is the candlestick itself, and you need the oil to light the fire. Now, I don't know if I've used, I don't know if I've talked about this in detail or not, but the oil in the Bible is an illustration of the Spirit of God, of his special anointing. Now, anointing, um, in the Bible, in the Old Testament especially, the prophets, the ministers of God, the priests, would pour a special type of oil on people and on things that were supposed to be set aside strictly for the use of God. I talk about us being peculiar and holy, different from the rest of the world. And we need God's mark of separation on us. So we need to, when we come here, pray, God, show me how to be set apart. Show me how to be set apart and holy and different. Make my life a structure. Make my life be in such a manner that I can hold the different separated life that I'm supposed to be. Make me so that I can be that different and separated life that you have called me to live, God. I want, I, I need to be different. I need to be set apart. I need to be holy. And after that, after we've prayed for our lives to be the type of structure and we've prayed for the difference, for his oil, for him to set us apart and for him to make us different, we can focus on lighting that fire. Now, a fire is a common analogy in our world. We, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm getting, I know the word fire is not actually said, but I, I'm getting that meme of the rock running through my head it's about drive it's about power it's about we stay hungry we devour you know <laughs> passion passion fire uh i mean how many times have we heard burn with passion ah. but when acts chapter two i've referenced this chapter a billion times on this channel it feels like um acts chapter two when the holy ghost God's spirit came and filled them. Um, it came with a rushing mighty wind and fire. Both of those things are mentioned before speaking in other tongues was mentioned. Fire. God's presence so often. Uh, I even mentioned it uh, in our episode about the Shekinah. The Shekinah, the Shekinah. That's actually in this area we're going to get there in a second but this little thing here that you see 
over top of the Ark of the Covenant was like a pillar of smoke or fire, depending on the time of day. And God likes to show his presence as fire. So uh, he actually lit the altar when it first ha- when the temple first the tabernacle and the temple both first happened and his mark of approval was that he lit the altar himself and fire from God was used to light the candlestick for the first time. So this really all ties together. It's about the presence of God. We pray, God, I need your presence. God, I need your passion. I need your fire to come into my life so that I can stay excited and passionate and separated and anointed so that I can serve you in the best way that you would want me to serve you. Now we come to that next one and it's the table of showbread without first praying for God's presence, for God's guidance and for God's separatedness to be in our lives and his anointing and his guiding and his holiness to be in our lives. We really cannot move on to everything else because it lights up the area so that we can properly see what God wants us to see. So we need to see what God wants us to see. Next up, we have next up, we have the table with the bread. Now, two things can be seen here. We've got the bread, but we also have the table (laughs) that holds the bread. Now, of course, your first thought's going to be the bread. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life in the Bible. He he can be nourishment for us to keep us holy, separated, to keep us strong, to keep on serving him every day. But also, the bread is also a representation of... Of the word of God. Now we've already talked about the word of God with the labor of water. But also the word of God can sustain us here again as well. We've moved on from I just need to be anointed. I need to be alive. I need to be sustained. That's where we move, isn't it? God, help me to be sustained by your word. Help me to understand your word. Lord, open your word to me and show me where in your word is going to sustain me today to be able to serve you in the best way that I possibly can. Now, there's someone, there there are people who on a regular basis carry the word to us. And that is people who preach the gospel, who teach the gospel. So, Next thing that we can pray for is we don't just pray for the bread itself, but let's pray for the table that carries the bread. Who do I mean there? I mean the preachers of the gospel that are in your life. Pray for people who bring the word to you. God, I pray that you would help me to line my life up with the teachings of of the pastor of my church. Help me to line my life up with the teachings of my teacher in class at church, of uh, the spiritual leaders in my life. Help me to line up with the spiritual teachings that I'm taught 
bless the people who help me to understand the word of God. Maybe you can pray for, if you feel in some certain way that this podcast has blessed you, you can pray for me <laughs> uh, or anyone else who teaches you the word of God. Pray for them. Help them to pray that God would help them to understand the word of God better. Pray that God would help them to stay strong, continue to teach the word of God, even though it's not exactly the most popular thing in our modern day and age to teach the word of God and stay true to those teachings. Pray for those people. Uh, Brother G.M. Mangan mentioned that here he would pray for missionaries. Uh, I was with a man recently who was going through this prayer pattern. He prayed for his pastor. He prayed for... Uh, prophets that were in his life. He prayed for other evangelists like him, uh, that uh, other evangelists who had been in his life. And it was rather near recently. Uh, he was in a couple episodes ago, but he was, he went through this and did it in such a way that I just thought was beautiful because he is a minister. First, he prayed for the people who were his pastor. He prayed, uh, he was preaching for us. He prayed for our pastor. Um, and then he moved on because he's a preacher. He said he went on to pray for his fellow peers in the ministry and pray that God would bless them and help them and sustain them. Uh, and he also prayed to help him to submit to them and listen to them. And then finally, because he's a pastor, he prayed for everyone who looked to him as that table to carry the bread. So it's just some other areas you can look at for how God wants to be approached and the things that we can pray for. Uh, next up in this area, we come to, uh, we come to this little strange looking box here. Um, that right there, not that box, this box, <laughs> uh, is what we call the altar of incense. And this spot here, you burn incense. They, the priests burned incense, which would be a sweet savor to God. And in this spot here is where we begin to say, God, I, I praise you. You can make your praises here and praise God for what he's done. But also we began to intercede and pray for people. Pray for needs. Pray for people's needs. We, we praise God in belief that he's going to do what he said he would do. We praise God. We glorify God. And we, we, we pray that God would make his name glorious. We begin to praise God. and We forget about ourselves uh, it's not just praise. We just glorify God for who he is and give him all the glory. Give him all the honor. Give him all the praise because he is worthy of all the glory. He is worthy of the praise. He is worthy of everything. And as we begin to do this, this thing here is a veil. This veil had no physical way to get through it. It was seamless. There was no hole. 
Yes, this curtain literally had no separation. There was no way through it, and it was thick. You couldn't just go through it easily. And naturally, as you begin to praise God, there begins to be a separation. And you, the priest was literally just walked through it. Yes, it's a miracle there. The priest just walked straight through it. There was, God did it supernaturally in a way that's impossible by human nature, but is possible with God. And as he did that, you would come before this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is where God's presence dwelt. God stayed there. God let was always aware of this area. He was always paying attention to what was going on with this box. And yes, this is the box from Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> and it's not fake. This thing is real. It's actually in the Bible. And actually, if you touched it, you would die. You didn't just touch this thing. God takes his holiness seriously. So, um, if you tried to open the lid, I get the idea that you would die. You would you'd be desecrating it uh, unless God unless you did it in a certain particular way. God told people to put things in it at, when it was first being made, but Indiana Jones went on, guys. You're not supposed to touch this thing. <laughs> You don't touch this thing. Uh, you are here to make your request known to God. When you enter into this place, there's a certain way that you're supposed to enter it. This is when you begin to have the conversations with God where things change, where transformation happens. This is when you're able to pray and fight against the devil. This is where you pray and stuff starts to change. This is where you pray and say, God, I need a miracle in my life. God, I have family that needs to be born again. I, um, I, I need direction in my life. I need you and me need to talk. I need to hear what you want me to do with my life. I need you to change my destiny. I need you to change my fate. I've got stuff going on that don't, I've got addictions in my life that need to be broken. God, and you can begin to ask God questions. You can begin to bind things in the spirit. Sounds really technical, don't it? Uh, but literally it's just saying, God, there's a bad thing going on that the, I, I believe is of the devil. And I don't need to be going on. So, so God, I, I, in the spirit, I bind that thing so that it can't affect me anymore. And God, the opposite thing, I want that to be released or loosed, as the Bible puts it, in my life. Bind the bad. Release the good. Make a change happen. You can pray against every devil in hell that wants to stop you from praising, that wants to 
stop your family from being saved, that wants to stop the good happening in your life. All this happens in this place where the very glory of God stands. It's also called the mercy seat. Uh, this is where God sat and would give mercy. Mercy, of course, meaning Sins can be forgiven here. Things begin to change here. You begin to see the glory of God. This is where you can start to see angels moving in your life. This is where you start to see miracles happening in your life. Things you never expected to happen can begin to happen. But there's a way that needs to happen. So let's go backwards, y'all. It starts not here. But the way that we get in, we want to get here where stuff begins to transform and change. But it all starts all the way back here. Start with praise. Die out to your flesh. Check yourself. Make sure that you are clean and pure. Make sure that you are living what the Bible says to live. Make sure that you're acknowledging him as wonderful, as a counselor, as a mighty God, as an everlasting father and a prince of peace. Make sure that you enter into the holy place. Make sure that you've got the light shining in your life, that you've got passion, that you've got the anointing, the spirit, the holiness of God, that you have read the Bible, that the Bible is what's nourishing you, and that you are submitted to the authority of those that carry the word in your life. Make sure that you are worshiping God in spirit and in truth, that you make it through the veil, and then you can begin to see the transformation that happens in the very presence of God. It's a certain peculiar pattern. And that is how we see transformation happen in the presence of God. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for subscribing, liking, sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It all helps. And I truly believe that God wants to see lives transformed in his presence. We'll talk to you guys again next time.